0: Welcome to Healthline by Prudence Davis. I believe that a meaningful life is strongly influenced by our mental and physical well-being. My purpose is to inspire and help others to understand the importance of health in their everyday life. Whether it's related to mental pain, stress or physical challenges, It's especially the long-term changes that I find interesting. We'll be looking into how healthy habits and cognitive processes can be implemented in daily routines so you can be thriving and high on your own supply with help from the best experts around the world. Stay healthy, stay tuned. Welcome to Helpline, your hotline to health, helping you to get high on your own supply. My name is Prudence Davis, and I'm really grateful to have my favorite ballerina of all time, human being, Isabella Walsh, into the studio. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be here with me.
1: Thank you, Prudence. Um, um, I know we've been looking forward to doing this for quite some time, but We're both busy people, so I'm so happy we've taken the time to just like talk to each other about our interests. So nice.
0: And I'm going to start with the first question about your purpose. Mm. What is your purpose here and why?
1: Mm. Well, I feel like ever since I was a little girl, I was very creative, always painting, always doing also something active. I grew up doing a lot of different things. I grew up doing horseback riding, figure skating, skiing, ballet, piano, just my mom wanted me to have all the options to try and see what I liked, which I think I'm really grateful that she um, sort of laid it out for us, like that me and my brother. Um, And it basically was a process of elimination until I realized if I'm not creating or coming up with something, I'm not stimulated. So I feel like my purpose, and still now even though I feel like I've found what I've loved, is finding all the gifts that God gave me while I'm here on this earth and trying to discover what I can do with them. So whether that just be the way I go about my day or just what I do for a living, which is ballet, I feel like that's only one format of one that I've really, uh, you know, dive deep on for the last 20 years Um, but I feel like there's still so much more and other things that I'm passionate about but ballet really has been that thing for me in which I can express my soul so I feel every chance I can express myself in some way is a way I'm glorifying God and that to me is my purpose.
0: That makes so much sense and how did you um, find that purpose? Mm.
1: I think it's, I think we've all had this experience in one way or another. When you're doing something you really love, it might take a lot of work. It might take, you know, for a long time, you're just feeling how hard it is to do. But then there's a glimpse of that one feeling where you're like, you're so high off of just this feeling you can't get enough of. And for me, that's dancing on stage with the music and just feeling like you don't, you don't even know where you are. You're somewhere else. And I think when I'm rehearsed enough and I'm so in love with the movement I'm doing, I'm just lost. I'm, I've, I don't know where I am. I'm just in this sort of eternal place of um, movement. And I think that's what right now just makes me so happy. Um, you know, we only get those moments once in a while, but those are definitely the reminder of why I do what I do.
0: That's so amazing. And you're so good at it as well. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's so, in a way, as you say, (laughs) God-given. But... Um, In regards to your journey Mm. within dancing and expressing yourself, there's also been another part uh, and we talked a lot about that and that's also what we connected with and that's actually health. We had so many health conversations uh, and I feel like we could talk for hours about it because I'm really, really interested in the way I I feel like you're one of the healthiest people I know. Mm. Um, So how did your health journey start?
1: I mean, for starters, I do realize that I'm fortunate enough to have parents that I grew up with, they always ate healthy. That was just their their lifestyle. So already I was sort of born into a family that that was sort of the baseline in general. But my mom has always been extremely advocating for making meals at home. We rarely ate out. Just knowing, I always saw her cooking. I always saw her to me, it was common sense, the way that she did things. And then I would go to friends' houses and I would just be almost appalled, really, because I just didn't understand that that was even food. Even at a young age, it just wasn't even appetizing to me. Junk food, things of that nature, they were not something that I understood as food. So I never had to unlearn the whole, you know, American standard diet of of processed garbage and crap. Um, of course, you know, once in a while I would have things, but those were fun foods they were never sources of fuel for me. So already my my playing field of knowledge of food has been there. Um, I didn't necessarily realize that until now where I see, you know, the rest of the world and you travel and you're just like, wow, that's not how I like to eat. Or you realize what you do like and don't like based off of trying new things and my mom has uh, has an education in nutrition as well, um, so she's always sort of taught us that, but it was never restrictive. Um, but one thing that I did truly have an addiction to was sugar. Like, my mom would ha- find candy wrappers all over the house. Like, I was just obsessed with sugar, true, like true addiction. And about, uh, four, I'm going on four years of no uh, refined sugar at all. Um, I just sort of cut it because it wasn't – it was truly like I was a slave to sugar, truly, truly. Like it wasn't just, oh, I know it's good for me. It's like I needed to have it at all hours of the day and I truly felt like it was just – my life revolved around sugar. So at one point, I don't know. I was already listening to so many podcasts, educating myself where I could on people and doctors that I respect and just sort of listening to the data. And I feel like when you listen to data, at least when I listen to data, I can't unlearn knowing that. So food has a different connotation to me. It it doesn't become something I have to fight against. My body is just like, let's put things that we know and like and we feel good afterwards. And that's also going to lead to what my end goal is. Is which is like having a great longevity and sort of how the things we do now truly set the mark of how we will age later. And I think that to me, I'm really interested about, I've always been interested about the science. So not only like the daily habits and the rituals of how I treat my body, but I think everything about what I put in my body, I'm so passionate about how my body and my DNA responds to it and creates better DNA. I think that is like where I geek out and get so obsessed about how I I have control of that. We all have control of that. So why not make the best decisions to optimize that if it's in our control?
0: It makes so much sense. And um, as you say, the environment also have a big impact on us. Uh, And it's not easy to eat healthy nowadays that's very clear to find on uh, processed foods and as you say in the society there's also a lot of you can say uh, dopamine uh, sugar all you know the phone you know so we it's very hard to navigate into but uh, how do you use that knowledge in your practice as a ballerina as well
1: i think the thing that i'm you know i've still i'm still finding out as um i go on in my career but it's not just, okay, this is what's great for my body. Like if I wasn't as active, I think I would actually have an easier blueprint of what I need to do for my body because the facts are there. You know, there's a lot of great data showing what kinds of foods are great for for females especially and how we can just sort of optimize our nutrition on a day-to-day basis. But the next level of that for me truly has become, that's also my source of fuel. So I have to customize that day-to-day based on my activity levels. And so there was a point where I got super passionate about exactly what I was eating. I was feeling great, but realizing that it wasn't properly fueling my body. So I think there's the fine line of eating what's absolutely necessary, but also eating enough to make sure you're fueling exactly what you're about to do. And so I think that comes with a learning curve because as a ballet dancer, Our repertoire is different every year, every month, every week, every day. It's all always changing. So I have to really take a good look at my week and say, okay, what am I getting from the grocery store? What am I trying to optimize? What's my goal? And what I always do, no matter my activity level or not, which for some people might be contradictory, but I'm a huge advocate for protein, like uh, in Copenhagen, I've had a hard time finding, like, prepared protein on the go that I find isn't processed or has any sort of um, anything to keep it sort of uh, fresh. Yeah, fresh, yeah, like,
0: yeah. F- okay. yeah. Um,
1: what do you call that?
0: No, but I yeah. know just to keep it uh, holding, <laughs> exactly. lasting longer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so I'm finding that I'm prepping a lot on the weekends, whether that be, like, um, Pro, all sorts of proteins. so fish, tofu, chicken, all sorts of beef, um, as many different fish as I find that I like that's um wild caught and organic. I feel like those for me is like as long as I'm getting that in, I can I can switch it around. And I think pairing that with being passionate about cooking also, makes it so I know I'm just so excited to see what I made for lunch that day because I know that I really thought about it I thought about the macronutrients the micronutrients what it's going to do to my body and how I'm going to feel afterwards and I feel like that is what I truly am passionate about
0: doing no but it makes so much sense and um in in guts in regards to your health, like um, how do you feel your best, you know, and, and what is health to you? Because mm-hmm. it can be so individual uh, for so many people. But it seems like you have such a great conscience in consciousness into your life in a way. How how did you get that and um,
1: I feel yeah. like the thing about health is we overcomplicate it by thinking from the outside, like what what do I need to do? What's good for my body? But I think your body's actually really good at telling you what it needs. And when we actually tune in and listen to it, um, it will tell you. uh, As soon as you've eaten something, thought something, drank something, how much you've slept, all these things, your body will tell you how you're feeling. And I feel that we're just not listening to it all the time. Um, Or we sort of just listen to the noise outside of our body and then depict decisions based on that, which I think is the first step. It's taken me time, of course, but I think health to me is about the little rituals I do throughout the day that I'm present with but truly do affect me in the long term in the years to come. And I think finding the grace between the day-to-day and Having those stack up to affect you long-term, I think, is the way to make it feel effortless. And I think once each of us find a way to do that, it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like something you're really excited about. And I feel like everyone can get there. It's just a matter of, of finding and listening to your own body.
0: Yeah, because how do you listen to your own body? Hmm,
1: it's hard because yeah. sometimes what I've noticed also with friends that, you know, ask for advice or or even myself, it's like we don't even – we're not even so mindful to be in our own body sometimes, you know. We're busy doing something, thinking something, that we're not even being conscious and mindful of how we are in the present moment. So I feel like that's the first step. Whenever I'm feeling anxious or I'm not really listening to what's going on and I feel overwhelmed and stressed – the thing I try to just sit down and see how I'm feeling. And more often than not, I feel anxious, I'm overwhelmed. And the deeper lying issue begins with like, okay, I haven't drank enough water today. I I didn't eat, you know, I missed a meal or I ate something last night out to dinner that really did not make me feel good. And I knew it wouldn't. So that's okay. Like, but that's why that happened. Maybe next time we choose a different food that loves us back, um, and I feel like just note checking with yourself because I think often we're just we're not used to doing that. So I think to to get into the ritual of listening to your body right when you wake up to right when you go to bed, the things you do, the things you think, the things we eat, like you will know as long as you decide to listen. But I think sometimes we don't, because it's more convenient to just ignore the problem. But I feel like that's sort of the first step. And once you start listening to it, it becomes kind of addicting. Like you just love feeling good. And I feel like that's where I'm at, where I'm just not willing to compromise. My friends have learned to love me for the way I am. But at first it was sort of like Isabella's, sort of like the one doing the weird thing out. But I just am not willing to compromise feeling the way I do when I know I can feel amazing. I'm just not willing to. As long as it doesn't affect someone else's happiness, I don't see why I should have to suffer The consequences with that. So I think just really having respect for yourself in that way is a super good way to know how your body is feeling.
0: Wow. That's just such an insight in a way in yourself Mm -hmm. and also in your surroundings and, but, um, I think for many people out there, just feeling yourself can be a bit overwhelming. And right now we have the health crisis with stress and anxiety. And we talked a bit about um, the sugar habit, you know, cortisol, and then you're going to get more from the yeah, sugar and glucose and stuff. But how do you uh, start to take other steps into a better direction you talked about feeling good Mm. but you know how do you stop with the sugar you know were you at a point where you were like I'm fed up with this or what happened
1: I feel like over the the sugar addiction was sort of there up until COVID truly and as we were you know sort of just even more sedentary the sugar cravings just increased and so with that, I feel like I sort of lost control where I wasn't even getting proper hunger cues. And at that point also, I wasn't very educated on how important protein is, because that's if that's a big portion of your plate that's missing the recovery aspect of your muscles, at least for me, I felt that I was just always hungry, never full. And so I think I would reach for the thing that would give me the immediate dopamine, which was sugar. And that still wouldn't be enough. So at some point, it's just I didn't have um, the ritual of, like, the day. I wasn't going to ballet class. I wasn't going to rehearse. I wasn't performing. There was no sense of rhythm in my day. So I was sort of filling those gaps, actually, with sugar. And clearly, that, that just made a big impact on my skin, my body. I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel good about my body at all. And um, I sort of just found more literature and started listening to doctors that were really explaining why protein is important. Because I've always heard it, but it sort of went through one ear and out the other. And I felt like I finally understood why it's so important. And so for two weeks, I I just really wanted to try and and figure out the numbers, like actually understand macronutrients on a number level. I think it's important to know, get a ballpark idea of how much of what you're eating, and you're able to sort of play with that based on your activity level. So. Once I, for a month, started, like, tracking my macros, I understood, wow, okay, there I totally miss missed that, or I had a lot there, or not enough here, and once I got into the rhythm and the consistency, I think that's the first step I took, which was the consistency. I said, okay, breakfast, lunch, dinner, like, we're going to meet those numbers and see how I feel. i would never been more, like, satiated in my life, and also for the first time in my life, I had no cravings. And I feel like when I tell people this, they don't believe me because it's like, oh, well, you know, once in a while you get, I do not get sugar cravings. I would say the first two weeks were very difficult. Like you can give yourself a grace period for sure. Um, once that happened two weeks later, I just didn't miss it. And I just felt like my body, like I recognized my body um, in a way that was I was just very proud of. I was really proud of knowing that the things I was putting in my body uh my body was loving it back. And I think once you dip your toe in that, you really are inspired to keep going. I just think a lot of us haven't felt that. Um but the people that have taken my suggestion, I swear, like I promise, because I think with women especially, we hear protein and we're like, "Well, I don't want to bulk." It's like that's actually not what happens at all, especially when you're just isolating that in itself and getting great sources from it, unprocessed. And I just felt like so strong for the first time and no cravings. And I think I just sort of have just ridden that wave for the last four years and – I'm not getting off it. <laughs>
0: no, I can see no, but I <laughs> yeah. totally understand, and it's it's so inspiring to hear because, as you say, um, the consciousness is mm-hmm. with you in a way, with everything you do, and of course, why shouldn't it be here also uh, when you have a, a problem with the sugar mm-hmm. um, addiction as well. But um, as you say, it's a a domino effect in a way you know, once you start there and in the feeling good. Um, but I think that's feeling good is uh, also a, a thing we can talk about because uh, for so many people it can be hard to, uh, and I find it myself very difficult to say, you know, no, no I'm not going to drink that glass of wine because I want to feel good. Uh, you are actually going against something, a culture, a, a way of living and that's also, it can be very exhausting as well.
1: It's definitely a different way of socializing and I would say this is the first year that I have no shame about it. I definitely always felt embarrassed in some way. Luckily, I have a boyfriend who is also an athlete and he we have the same we have the same lifestyle. So I think having a partner or people around you that support you makes it a lot easier. But of course I go out sometimes with friends and and the culture is to drink, to eat for me, what would I would consider garbage for my body. Um, and they continuously don't love me back. So it's not like one day I just said, no, never again. It's like I would dip my toe here and there, and my body literally will just will, will throw up. Like it just doesn't – it's changed completely. The body loves what I'm putting in it, so it gets quite literally confused and triggered when I give it foods that it doesn't understand. So I think that it in itself is enough for me to not want to eat them. It's not even – a I have to stay back. It's like I will get sick. My body truly is—I would say—allergic to the, some of these foods that I used to enjoy, but now my body just doesn't recognize. So it's just not even worth it. I think of it almost as an allergy, to be honest with you. Like some of my friends, they know me so well. We go out, and it'll be like something fried, and they're like, "Well, Isabel's not going to have that," or and it's just because they know I—I I don't. My body doesn't respond well to it. So I feel like surrounding yourself also with people that just love you for you because they want you there, not because you have to partake in what they're doing. I have, you know, really great friends here in Copenhagen and all over the world that really, no matter when we get together, they just, it's about being present with someone. It's not about what's in your cup and what's in mine. It's about what can we bring to the conversation and how can we connect. And if that can happen with or without alcohol, I just don't see... Um, the problem. And if someone really loves you, they won't either. And if anything, I think they might feel inspired by just having sort of a set decision and having a reason why. And don't get me wrong, sometimes I do drink, I love a good tequila with lime, some nature wine, like those are moments that I definitely enjoy, but I'm very mindful about them. And I don't take it for granted as if it's something that always comes to the table.
0: No, but it, and also that that makes so much sense that you have created also a community in a way that supports you and supports your lifestyle as well. Um, I want to dive a little deeper into the recovery part as well because we talked a lot about protein and I know that's also a part of your recovery, yeah. uh, a big uh, thing. But um, let's talk a little bit more about your routine and and your approach to recovery. Yeah.
1: So my recovery, I feel like almost regardless to my exercise regime is just what keeps me feeling good. So... Depending on what I've done, like for example, if I have a performance, usually what we call it is a ballet hangover. And we are so, you feel like you went out partying all night. Your body just, you wake up and it feels like it got hit by a bus. You're just like, I don't know where I am. Like, I have no idea how I'm going to get through this day. But you have a whole day of work or maybe another show. So for me, it always starts, I start the day with, I have a mat sort of in my living room. And I have my hot water with lemon, and then I take um, athletic greens, which is sort of like a superfood probiotic situation. I have a lineup of supplements that I take, and I sort of just sit down, light a Palo Santo, and just sort of, like, feel the space. And whether that be just feeling how my body is, you know, stretching a little bit, feeling what's sore, what what am I going to have to work out, work out the kinks. And I start with some light stretching just to feel the body, not to, to sort of achieve anything, but to just sort of identify, x-ray the body on how it's doing. Um, and so I start there always. And then from there, I go, okay, what are we going to do? And then I'll go into ballet class, sort of regardless to if I can actually move or not, I'm going to take ballet bar, which sort of just gets the body moving. Whether it feels good, you look good, it doesn't matter. You're just moving the body. And... What I really love, which I think is a layer of things that some dancers don't know that would be amazing, is I love cryotherapy. I've felt so much release and relief inflammation-wise on my joints. That was a big one. Hips, knees, shoulders, back. Doing that also with um, infrared sauna has been a big thing for me, and I love doing that. If I can, I do it once or twice a week and sort of pair them together together. But I also, if I can't do cryo, every single morning i take a cold shower for two minutes. I never look forward to it. People don't. It doesn't get easier, at least for me. No,
0: never. It it's never a, no, gets easier. No, but I'm also. It's not uh, a pleasure. It's but not after, a pleasure. You the know, after yeah. effect is yeah. what
1: we're looking for. Mm. It's the after feeling. You just, you're so proud of yourself. You feel like you've done the hardest thing of your day. And the rest of the day is a breeze, really, if you think about it. So... I do that whether I feel like it or not, definitely right when I wake up. Um, And, yeah, I just feel like drinking a lot of water, keeping the nutrition in line. I always get deep tissue massage twice a week sort of to release um, because I clearly get a lot of tension in the body. And that building up usually causes sort of imbalance in the body as well. So I always try. We have a, a masseuse and a physical therapist, so I work with them twice a week. Um, I like to do yoga, whether that be on my own flow or if I'm able to, I love taking hot yoga. I love Pilates, we have reformers, I'm using that. I do a HIIT workout twice a week. I do uh, sort of light strengthening exercises three times a week uh, with weights. And those are just the things that like make me feel really good. But when I can layer all of that with the most important thing, which is sleep. If I can get eight to nine every night, And then on the weekends, I could easily sleep 10, 11. My body loves sleep. So I would say sleep is like the the tipping point of my recovery. And everything that I have time for afterwards trickles down and really does make a difference in my performance as well.
0: So nice. Oh, but it's also, it makes so much sense in regards to adapting, because that's also what I'm hearing you say. I think that... Uh, you know first pillar is to listen to your body and and again it's so inspiring to hear your practice with just being conscious during the day and feeling yourself and uh, doing all the self-care things without you know being like oh looking at your schedule and seeing oh I have to do this but just adapting um.
1: yeah and I think something I've gotten better at is just not also taking myself too seriously you know of course these there's so many right things to do for the body, but sometimes you have to go intuitively on how you feel that day. And sometimes it's going to be none of those things, even though you know they're good for you. But your mental health has to be in check as well. And I feel like if I can get in tune with one of those things sounding great for me, I'm going to do it. Minus the cold shower, I'll always do that, even if I'm not in a good space because mm, I know yeah. I feel better after. Um But I think just being kind to myself. I think I've always been really hard on myself and just always telling myself, like, it has to be this way. There's right and wrong. But really, like, allowing yourself to make mistakes, I think you will naturally choose the right things once you've made the wrong decisions. Because you know, okay, that didn't feel so great. Okay, we're going to do this now. But allowing yourself that sort of playtime to figure out what it is that you want to do and not say you have to do this, you have to do that, because I think that's when you start to resent health. And I think that's why people sort of have a restriction against it is because it's this thing you have to do and you're wrong if you don't. And I think anytime you say something's right or wrong, it's when you're going to lose some people and and it's going to be less appetizing when really it's just a lot easier than than we make it. But that's definitely something that I've gotten better at is just sort of being kind to myself and, saying you're doing the right things but just see how you're feeling like listen to your body it's like going back to that is like your body will tell you but so many times we're just telling it what we know is best for it without listening and I think that's something I'm just constantly trying to reinforce and remember is like where where I actually succeed
0: Makes so much sense also. And while uh, listening to you, I was really thinking also about the resilience you have and the comfort with being uncomfortable in a way uh, because you're performing on stage and it looks like you're flying uh, in the sky. But I know inside it's just, you know, there's a lot of pain. So how do you um, deal with pain and being in painful situations?
1: Mm. I definitely would say more than ballet being also an art form, also an athleticism that's incredible, it's very much a discipline. And so my mom at a very young age put me in ballet because I had ADD. So I was always distracted, unfocused. And so she actually brought me to ballet for the discipline of it more than anything. And then I fell in love with the artistry of it that came afterwards. But... um, I think at a young age, that sort of just kept me in line and started making those little daily habits of hard things easier. And so already, you know, like you said, you look at ballet and it looks like this really difficult thing and it's really hard. And it's like it is, I guess, but with those little baby steps, it becomes easier and easier. And I think that also goes with other habits that you stack. So, you know, there's workouts that I do not look forward to to do and I end up doing them and it gets a little easier and a little easier and then you realize whatever the pain that's happening in the moment is worth it because the after effect of how great you feel afterwards is what's what you're what you're searching for and what you're striving for. So I think now I make all my decisions on doing something are not based on the outcome as far as making those hard decisions of doing a workout or maybe getting enough sleep or maybe, you know, missing out on something so you can actually get enough rest. And it's like, I'm searching for the after feeling of feeling amazing. And that's sort of what my addiction is, is really finding those after, those after feelings of dopamine of just, wow, I just did something really difficult and I feel really good about myself. And so I think that's how I convince myself to do something difficult when i know okay i'm gonna get a really great outcome when i put in that work for you know however many minutes however many hours and it's gonna feel worth it
0: no but it's so beautiful and so inspiring to hear as well because it's kind of like you're taking your your full private life into you know it's whole uh, you know full circle in a way mm. um, I f- still feel like I have so many questions for you uh, but the time is, is slowly running out but I, I just have uh, one more question and that's also you know what is is um, you can say something to take home for people you're, you're already given us so much <laughs> Isabella but just a thing that people can slowly try to implement in a way in their daily lives um, that can make a difference in their health from your perspective?
1: Mm. I'd say for health, the little things that have made such a big difference that I didn't realize is I also travel a lot for work or, you know, just my lifestyle is always all over the place. I think having sacred mornings of a ritual being health-oriented is what will keep your success for the day. So whether that be whatever your routine is, keep it no matter where you are, what you're doing, what's going on, you—that that is a sacred time for you to align with how you're feeling. So every morning waking up, how am I feeling? Okay, we're going to do this little 20-minute sort of getting the day going, whatever that means for you, and sort of sticking with that every single day sort of keeps you in line and consistent and almost allows your body to trust you because it knows, okay, we can count on that happening every single day. And it sort of just starts falling into place and you kind of get addicted to it. And I think I would encourage people to find their morning routines and their afternoon routines and finding ways to wake up the body and and wind down in a way that is sacred to them. And I think it just tells your body, you know what, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to I'm going to do things that are good for your body. And um, I think that's such a little, it sounds silly or little, but it makes the world of a difference because you can go about your day knowing where where you're starting.
0: No, but that makes so much sense. And also, it sounds also very, we talked a little bit about stress and burnout, but also preventing towards burnout, Right. Uh, because it, it keeps stacking up, and then you you lose yeah everything from that. It becomes
1: yeah. an out out outer out of body experience where this thing is happening to you, and you feel like you have nothing in your hands that you can control. But really, you have a lot in control. You're just allowing feelings to to absorb into your body as if you are those feelings. But sometimes they're just feelings. And to know that I'm not going to feel like this forever has really helped me. And When I am stressed, I just sit down, I sort of have a mindful moment, and whether that include journaling, what am I feeling, writing it on paper, sort of like, almost like it's coming out of the body by writing it down, saying, what can I actually do in my control? what okay so that i can't control that i can't control okay that doesn't feel great that sucks yeah great but then saying what can i do and let's just make those little steps so that we feel better and i think that gives you a little sense of encouragement and idea that you have something in your control even though that's not always the case
0: no but it makes totally sense and um yeah, I wanted to, to uh, talk more, but I think we have to uh, talk again. We have
1: to do a part two. Part two as well, Wolf. Coming soon. Yes, it <laughs> is. No,
0: but really, really grateful. You have so much knowledge, and uh, I'm I'm really uh, grateful that you wanted to spend your time here and just sharing uh, some of it. Uh, it's it's so interesting to hear uh, your approach, uh, also in regards to recovery and dealing with life and, and all the great stuff it brings. But thank you, Isabella. Hey, Prudence, I love talking to you. No, you we'll too. Soon. Yes, yeah. we will. Thank you so much. Thank, you. thank Bye. you. I know a big thing for me is getting high on your own supply with food moving, breathing and prioritizing your sleep and reducing your stress level. But I love to use um, external tools sometimes and a tool that's been working really great for me in my everyday life is using CBD oil cannabinoids. I use two or three drops before bedtime. It helps me uh, get into sleep mode better and then it's also creating a nice calm state in my nervous system. I like to uh, implement it in my daily life just to get support and uh, more resilient to the stress that we're all facing in everyday life. So I am uh, really grateful to uh, also be sponsored by Cannavita in this health podcast that I'm creating. So, yeah, thanks a lot to Cannavita for making this possible. And uh, Cannavita is able at um, their website. You can purchase the CBD there. There are different uh, strengths. I like to use the twenty percent um, CBD oil because it has a really Nice high quality. Uh, it's also organically produced and it's uh, the production is in Switzerland, but it's uh, moving here to Denmark slowly. So there is a high, high quality in their uh, products. And I've tried many, many CBD products, uh, not in a high quality and not with the biggest effect. But uh, Cannavita I can definitely recommend. Also, if you're feeling stressed, if you have anxiety, if something else, of course, you should go to your doctor. But um, definitely it's it's worth trying out. So um, thank you to Cannabita for this one.